0: You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Brian Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and The Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center. On The Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball.
1: Welcome in to the Sports Objective. It's brought to you by, presented by Next Level Training Center. Want to give a shout out to Trent and Gaynell Britt uh, for all they do. NextLevelTC.com. Give them a call, 252-756-NEXT. At Next Level Training Center is located on Wimbledon Drive. Check them out. Before I introduce everybody, we lost Terry Holland today and obviously suffering from Alzheimer's. And uh, Coach was so good to our program. We'll have another show later on honoring him, but we wanted to take the time, uh, just a few seconds to honor him. And, uh, man, really tough loss. Let's bring in Kyle Barber. Kyle, you know him very well, or uh, definitely I know you were like me. Uh, we didn't hang out with Coach, obviously, but uh, when he – I would email him just like you, and uh, he would email me back within an hour every time. It was nuts. The amount
2: of emails I sent Terry Holland and Terry Holland sent me over the years was insanity. Anytime I ever dealt with him through email, dealt with him in person, uh, I was in my 20s then. You know, I wasn't – not that I'm a big shot now, but at least people know who I am. Back then, people didn't know who I was. Terry Holland always treated me like I donated $100,000 a year. Uh, back when I was given $100 a year. And uh, Terry Holland was the epitome of what an athletic director should be. consummate professional, great communicator, um, did a lot to rebuild our football program, did a lot for facilities, was a great scheduler, and a a better person and knew how to treat people, treated everybody with respect, treated everybody like they mattered. Uh, Absolutely love Terry Holland. He is the standard to me, the standard bearer, you know, you you can take your your Dave Hart's so and shove them where the sun don't shine. Wow. I uh, Terry Holland to me is the standard bearer for athletic director in at the East Carolina and my measuring stick.
1: Matt Semenza, man, uh, appreciate you coming on tonight. We get Semenza, so it's going to be a great show. I promise. Uh, got uh, told Scott uh, that extra, for extra innings now we've got a baseball guy. We've made Matt Semenza one of the uh, letter winners for football. He's now a baseball guy for the Pirates.
3: I am, you know, I love this team. I love the way they compete. They're never out of a game. And I really enjoy watching them. And, I, you know, credit to you guys for, for kind of getting me so involved with with Pirate Baseball. But, you know, Scott did, you know, Scott made me feel a little old before the show started, fellas. You know, I I mentioned that I had, you know, Bubba mentioned I had played football at ECU. And Scott said, well, that was
2: before I was even born. How about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, exactly. right. I graduated before he was born. It
2: was way <laughs> before he was born. I mean, how are you, Scott? 23? I'm 22. 22. 20. So he was born 2000. in 2001. 2000. July, July of 2000 is when okay. I was
1: born. So you I'm turned 23 goes. this year. <laughs> yep. uh, well, I guess,
2: I you, would know very, I guess you would know when you were born older. better than I would.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, Bubba Rosenbaum, you're like 24, right?
2: Yeah. Um,
4: no... It, such sad news about Coach Holland. We had heard he was not doing well. And, um, you know, we'll save a lot of those stories and memories um, for that right. that specific show. Um, and one thing I did want to mention, I, I guess, back in the summer of 2005 when I had the chance to do the internship with Tom McClellan in media relations and get to know him, Malcolm, and some of the other folks there, Jody Jones, who's now the – baseball contact or for media relations with North Carolina, but um, had the chance to be on hand there at Harvey Hall when Terry Holland unveiled the awesome non-conference schedule that he had for the next several years and next decade um, with the likes of West Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, NC State, the Virginia Cavaliers. um, I think Navy was also perhaps included in that. Uh, It was. you know, a proud day to be a Pirate, as you saw the, the graphics that Terry Holland and his team had there in uh, the Murphy Center at Harvey Hall. And then today, on um, Johnny Gardner, on um, this morning when we found out about the news, um, Johnny sent me the link to the original Undaunted video that Terry Holland put together. Oh, my God. Back, um, I remember the first time I saw it, and it just absolutely gave me chills um, thinking about um, – everything that coach Holland was doing uh, with that video and otherwise to to make our case for the big East, which became of course the American That video was
2: unbelievable. Bubba. I remember it vividly like it was yesterday. Um, haunting, stirring, emotional, um, and not cheesy at all. That was an unbelievable job by Terry and whoever produced that video. I remember it vividly. And, uh, I don't know, and we ain't gonna make this about Terry. But I will say one more thing no. about Terry Holland. Um, we're gonna have a show for Terry, but uh, he he um, he he would communicate things, and, and I've said this many times about Terry. Not only would he communicate things directly, he would tell you stuff in the media. He would say things in interviews on pirate radio that, if you paid attention, he was telling you something. I remember when Mike Oresco became the 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 head of the Big East. He said repeatedly. Me and Mike Oresco are great friends. We have a friendship that goes back 25 years. Mike Oresko has come stayed at my house in Greenville. He would say it repeatedly. What he was telling us is we were going to get in the Big East, which later became the American. And uh, you, you don't keep saying that if there's not a reason for it. And I can count countless other times he did stuff like that. Uh, just just one of the great communicators I think we've ever had. And that's all I'll say about that. We'll move on to baseball.
1: And no doubt about it. In fact, uh, well, again, we're going to have a special show for Coach Holland, so uh, we wanted to do it justice, and uh, but we didn't want to go to not- <clears throat> tonight without talking about him a little bit. Let's bring in now the ECU play-by-play voice of a pirate, Scott Rogers. Scott, great to have you back. And man, I tell you what, uh, I had to take some extra blood pressure pills uh, for both those games with the Tar Heels.
5: Yeah, uh, especially Friday night with that environment back in Greenville. You know, I, I sometimes had to check my pulse to make sure I was still breathing. It was so exciting. I had so much adrenaline, adrenaline flowing on Friday night. But, yeah, I mean, two exciting games on the weekend and definitely felt like it was the month of June instead of the month of February at times.
2: Scott, I was um, on the way home, went out to dinner with friends on Friday night, and – uh Got back in the, the truck and started listening to your call on the eighth inning. And then, uh, uh you're, you're excited. Coach O got excited. I could hear the excitement <laughs> in his voice. And, um, I got home and turned on the ESPN feed. And this ain't a knock on anybody, but it, it, it you're, uh, you, you, you sure are, uh, more exciting than the uh, other guys.
5: <laughs> it's, uh, that's part of growing up a fan and, 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 living your dream by, by calling ECU baseball. And, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to call wins, especially when it's, uh, a win like that.
1: No, no doubt. And uh, by the way, the uh, when the great thing about this team that you know Matt has told us off the air it was the fact that this team has a lot of fight in them. And the one thing I said, I was telling my daughter who went with me, we had like a daddy-daughter date there and we're in the uh, whole bunch, the section, general mission section. There's a lot of Carolina fans and I had my daughter go, let's go Pirates. And she would never give up on them. And so that really pumped me up and I'll, I um, I said, I looked at her. I said, you know what's great? She said, what? I said, this team at some point is going to have a big inning. I don't know. And I looked at her. I said, I can't tell you which inning. But this team has something about them that you know they're going to tackle in a lot of runs. It's only a matter of time. I said, their starting pitcher, the ace is so good. Once he leaves the ball game, that may give us a chance. And uh, sure enough, I remember being behind home plate. There and Josh Moylan, uh, when he was up at bat, I said, Josh, you're due. Come on, you're come on, you're due. And he kept fouling, he fouled him off. He's down 02, and then he gets that double down the right field line. And uh, he's one of the players I've said all, all, um, all year long, even preseason, that he's one of the X factors for me, if not the X factor for the Pirates as far as the heading is concerned.
2: Yeah, he, he, he is. And I was going to talk about. We'll go down and break down each game, but uh you mentioned uh the big innings. Um what well, stood out to me from the opposing team, uh North Carolina has got bullpen issues and it's a young bullpen, they'll get they'll get better as the year goes on. But if they don't, uh playing good a competition like East Carolina and uh obviously an ACC play, they're gonna struggle if that bullpen doesn't get better.
5: Yeah, that was that was one of my initial thoughts about the Tar Heels this weekend and that was one thing I said, you know, kind of off the air after the game was, you know, you looked at who came in on Sunday and it was the exact same guys they brought in Friday night against the Pirates, which that might be all they, they trust in the bullpen right now. But you have to think that there had to have been some other options down there to bring in on Sunday. But uh, but you're right, that that bullpen's definitely got some issues and it's going to be rough for them and ACC play if they don't get it figured out.
4: Going into last week, guys, we knew it was going to be an extremely challenging week with Campbell in the midweek and then the Tar Heels on the weekend. And Unfortunately, we did have the one game that uh, got postponed. And That's the good news, that it's postponed, not canceled. Um, fingers crossed that everything
2: aligns to get that game played during the midweek. Bob, I don't, I'm not going to cut you off here, but I, I don't want to play it. We're 2-0. Let them sit on it, baby. Let will give them a chance to get their win back. Let them sit on it. I'll, no, I want. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the
4: game will will get played. In my opinion, but uh, but um, you know, looking at we talked about the Dave brought up the big inning in Friday's game. Uh, obviously, did the same thing yesterday in in the seventh inning, and that was the thing that, that was one of my big takeaways from this week. Uh, you, you had three one run ball games, and then obviously against Campbell, you lost it in ten innings. But in that game, you battled back, and you did you did have some help uh, with the drop fly ball in left field. But you battled back from a four zero deficit, and then you had the three run deficits in the in the eighth, and then in the seventh yesterday. So that was that was my thing. That uh, after being uh, largely kept in check, or almost to the point of being dominated by the starting pitching, uh, you stuck with it and. You you continue to do what you do, and uh, we're able to get find a way to get the job done with the big inning once again. And uh, so, just that toughness and man, Max Carlson uh, for North Carolina on Friday night he he was lights out with that changeup. Yeah, he was, and that was an unbelievable start by him. And it has
5: it's two years in a row that he's done it to us. He did the exact same thing last year. Against the Pirates, but uh, you know credit to him, what a start it was, and that was that was such a fun game to watch, especially if you're kind of a an old school baseball fan where you love those pitchers duels. But it was a it was a heck of a game to watch with him and, and Trey Savage on Friday night.
3: No, Scott, no. I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, we're early in the season; we're five games in, but. Is there anybody on this team that's just really surprised you so far that's been very productive that you really weren't expecting to see that from?
5: Yeah, I mean, definitely I think at the top of the list would be Luke Nowak. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people expected him to start the year in the lineup as the designated hitter. Um, just because, you know, going back to last year, he didn't have an the bat at all last year, I believe. He just kind of had some pinch running experience. But, uh, it, yeah, I mean, he, his speed and the, and the way he's hit the ball – the start of the year is unbelievable. And and Dave had mentioned, you know, an X factor on this team. And I think he is, I think in my opinion, he's the X factor on this ball club just because he's hitting the ball so well. And then once he gets on base, you have that excellent speed.
4: Scott, You talk about, you talk about that excellent speed. He's, he's hitting 435 now team high th- through um, six ball games, And then, you also have him, you talk about that speed, once he gets on, he leads the team with five stolen bases. And he's had multiple infield hits, including one yesterday against the Tar Heels, uh, where he hit it in the sixth hole. And then on, on uh, Tuesday, he had the three-hit game, three out of the Pirates' six hits against the Camels.
5: Yeah, and a couple of those hits are, you know, infield singles, but that's another good part of his game because as soon as he's at the plate – you're putting pressure on that infield, especially if he can put a slow roller down because they're going to be rushing, trying to field it and know they have to get that speed out at first base. And that's tough on an infield, no matter if it is at the D one level.
1: Scott, there's some folks in Pirate nation wondering if uh, you think when we're, I guess people close to the program, not that I'm questioning coach. So understand that coach God, when he, I know that he has people listening or whatever, and I don't want to get Scott or myself or anybody on the panel here in trouble, but, um, some people are saying that No Walk should be the um, should be the fir- I mean, the very first batter. You know, like he should be the one and move uh, <clears throat> move JC back to third. Yeah, third. Matt. But-
5: yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that you know they maybe might explore. Um, but you know, looking at Coach Godwin and his track record, you know, he likes to have that power at the top of the order. You know, you look at. Guys, you know, last year with Zach Agnew, you had Bryant Packard at the top of the order. You know, Connor Norby was right there at the top of the order. So I think think it's good to have that power up there. Um, You know, that's no knock against no walk at all. I just think having that power at the top of the order is a little bit more better than having, you know, just that speed at the level. Because there's not much power in Luke's bat right now, and obviously there's a ton of power in Jenkins Coward's bat but, uh, you know, once and, – and J.C.'s had a little bit of a slow start. But once he gets going, everybody knows that there's plenty of power there and he's going to be a monster once he gets going.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, he don't want to hear crap from Billy. Oh, Billy, good God. He don't want to hear crap from Cliff. So, that's that's, uh, that's Scooter's answer. He's going to say Cliff's <laughs> and, decision is right. And, and you also as, don't want to hear crap
1: from Billy either. right? What, 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 God, what are you talking about? I
2: was actually <laughs> referring to Billy Weaver. He don't want to
1: hear crap oh, from Billy, oh, Billy Weaver. Weaver. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and, and as far as J.C. is concerned, guys, you know, he has a ten-game hit streak going back to the Coastal Carolina game, the regional championship game last season, and so uh, obviously he's hit safely in all six games uh, in 2023. And and no, he he hasn't had maybe those big games that that he'll have you know, coming down the road. But at the same time, had that big single up the middle, and his one hit in five at bats yesterday. Um, and drove in a run, I think made the game five to three there in the top of the seventh. And in 29 plate appearances, he's, he's only struck out one time. So, I mean, that, that's pretty remarkable for a big swinger uh, like JC to only have one strikeout.
5: Yeah. And, and that right there is a, a great example of it. You know, he's putting the ball in play. And, you know, looking at that, the George Washington series, if you want to go back to that, he had a ton of balls put in play that were rockets but they were right two people. And so he's – it's not like he's up there, like you said, striking out a bunch. There's still – he's still making contact. He's still getting on base at least once a game. And so, like I said, you know, once he gets going, he's going to be just fine in that leadoff spot.
4: I want to say he had a warning track fly out yesterday um, to, to right mm-hmm. field where the, the Tar Heel right fielder, you know, you know, called it a step or two in front of the wall.
1: Mm-hmm. Scott, uh, as far as uh, – JC looks like he played a lot more comfortable this weekend in center field. I know there were some people like, why don't you move him back to right field? But I thought he looked more comfortable and obviously he's put the work in. Um, He's fast. Uh, What did you think uh, this weekend for the two games with Carolina?
5: Yeah, it did look like he was a little bit more comfortable and, you know, that's still, you know, I talked about it on the air a little bit and how that's still a big adjustment. And so that's, still working on that i think a little bit but yes I, I believe he did look a whole lot more comfortable in center and you know once he once he really gets used to playing center in the game type environment it's going to i think he, he's going to be just fine there cuz people got to realize too he's only been a center fielder for what now six games yeah. is what it is and so that's still not a lot of experience there and so once he still gets that experience game by game he's going to get better every time
1: No doubt about it. And it looks like, uh, what do you think about a good old Shaq? Joey Barini looks like he's doing very well and not only great to have him for his defense, but he's been great in the lineup too.
5: Yeah, he has. Um, You know, I, I never thought that defense would be an issue with him. He was, he's always been an excellent defender and, you know, I never really had a concern about his offense at all because we saw last year that he came in a lot of times and got some really big hits for the Pirates, especially late in games and, he would take over at short once Agnos went on the mound some last year, and so, he, he, but he has really excelled in that shortstop position, both defensively and offensively, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch Joey the rest of the year.
4: Going back to that Campbell game, and really just uh, throughout the week, uh, you know, coming into the season, uh, Tyler Brot, Willie Lumpkin, a couple of transfers that we we knew that uh, they were gonna be. Well, very, very likely, um, significant impact um, that they were they to were the table uh, and and Willie and then Tyler um, pitched pretty well this week.
5: Yeah, I mean, Tyler. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but but Tyler having that that electric fastball coming out of that bullpen late in games, and you know, I I, I think I spoke about it a little bit yesterday, and not necessarily on the air, maybe off the air a little bit, and how having that guy not necessarily as your closer because you just look at a guy throwing 94, 95, your automatic thoughts going to be closer. But when you can have a guy like that coming in in the seventh, eighth innings at times and shutting the door, just like Trey Savage did a lot of times last year is huge for a bullpen. And the fact that you don't have to have him as a closer in your bullpen because you have so many other pieces you can go to, I think is a huge plus. And
4: I really wanted to, to bring that up now, as far as Lumpkin and Brot, just because in that Campbell game there in the middle innings after the Pirates were faced with that 4 nothing deficit um, early uh, through just two innings, Lumpkin and Brot uh, really steadied things and gave, gave us a chance to uh, nearly come back and win that ball game.
5: Yeah, they did. And, you know, really Lumpkin has really impressed me this past week. And, you know, he's – Austin Knight described – him to me as kind of a crafty righty with that low slot. And you know, we saw with with Ryder Giles last year at times how that low slot is a is a huge part. And, you know, granted, Willie Lumpkin throws a little bit harder than Giles, but when you have that low slot and throwing junk up there, keeps those hitters off balance. And we've seen that a lot this past week with Willie Lumpkin. But uh yeah, he's he's really impressed me. And so I think he's gonna be fun to watch going down the season as well.
4: Yeah, that's a good analogy good analogy there between Ryder and uh, Willie Lumpkin, um, like you said. And he Lumpkin throws harder, but uh, can, that's definitely uh, what I was thinking as well when I saw the arm slot.
1: Mm-hmm. No question, Scott. Uh, one of the things that Coach talked about is how deep the pitching staff is, and I think that's one of the things I'm really proud of is the fact that before, maybe that Cliff would have to leave a guy in longer than he wanted to, and what's now, what's great about uh, the coaching staff is we can, play, we can play situational baseball where if the guy's in for a handful of pitches to get a couple outs because we know he's going to struggle against, you know, the batter will struggle against this guy. I mean, it's, uh, it's a great problem to have knowing that we can kind of play like an MLB game like the major leagues do. Yeah, and we saw that
5: Friday night against North Carolina and how we kind of played some matchup baseball there in the late innings once Trey Savage had exited the game. But, you know, you look at, for example, on Sunday, and I can't remember the exact number of how many we had come out of the bullpen, but you look and we didn't use Garrett Saylor Sunday. And in a game like that, you know, Saylor probably would have been the first one out of the pen last year. And and when you have so many guys not having to go to one of your most dependable arms from last season – that says a lot about how deep this pitching staff is. And I think that's, you know, one of the biggest pluses about this team is they're so deep on the mound this year.
1: And I love the fact that Coach Godwin is like a lot of coaches where he puts those guys on purpose in tough situations. How are they going to react? And he doesn't care if there's a good arm, if it's a freshman or senior, you know, obviously I know we'll talk about uh, yesterday's game with Carter Spivey. That was very cool for him to come in, but uh, these young guys, I really like the fact the coach trusts them so much and that gives them experience. So by the time they're a junior, senior, man, they have a lot of they've been in a lot of situations like a Garrett Sayer or like a Carter Spivey. So down the road, he's preparing them for bigger things.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and for them to get that experience, especially that big of an environment on Friday and Sunday this early in the year, only prepares them for down the road and in the postseason uh, this year as well. Yes, One Tom, Go ahead,
3: go
2: ahead Okay. I um, wanted to give a big shout-out to Pirate Nation. Um, nobody's brought that up. I'm sure it was going to be brought up. But Friday night's crowd uh, was unbelievable at Clark LeClaire Stadium from an attendance standpoint and from an involvement standpoint. Um, it sounded electric on, on the radio and television. And then yesterday, there at um, – at uh, at uh, yeah, uh, stadium. Yeah, uh, uh okay. I was Boston. To, yeah, Boston. Yeah, but I was trying to. I was. I had a joke. Never mind. I'm not going to make it now. But uh, there was times during that game yesterday when it was a purple gold chant and a Tar Heels chant, and the Pirate fans drowned it out the Tar Heels. They should be embarrassed of that. I mean, you could hear purple gold over that ESPN Plus feed yesterday so clear over the Tar Heels chant. Great job of Pirate Nation.
5: Yeah, that you're exactly right. Friday night was unbelievable, but the way, especially late in that game on Sunday, the way the Pirate fans took over that stadium was was awesome. You know, you looked all around Boschmer Stadium, and, and especially down the lines, there was so much purple and gold in those seats, and and for, for our fans to have taken over Boschmer just like that, and we we kind of had a feeling that was gonna happen, um, especially, you know, early in the year, no knock to them. But you know, a lot of people don't attend their games this time of year. And so when I, when we everybody saw it was a sellout, we knew that was gonna be a majority pirate fans, and it certainly was. But uh yeah, it, it definitely felt like a, a Clark Eclair a cloud at, at some time at certain times on Sunday.
3: Yeah. And that's, you know, part of the beauty of this team is, you know, you look at the culture of this program that Godwin has built and winning is now ingrained in the DNA of this program. And, you know, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of this team, you know, you can be down four to nothing in the eighth inning, but you know, these guys are going to fight. And and so you have a lot to cheer for. And, you know, to your guys' point, seeing the Pyro fans take over Chapel Hill yesterday was awesome. And it definitely looked great on TV, but Um, you know, you just get the sense, Scott, and maybe you could talk more about this, but every game out, regardless of who these guys play, they feel like they're going to win.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And I was getting ready to say that too, because, you know, going back to, you know, 2014, 2015, when Cliff Godwin first got here, when we would play a team like North Carolina, or we would play NC state. You know, we would we when we would win that game, it would be a big deal. And we would sometimes hope to win that game, not knowing if we were. But now when you play North Carolina, when you play NC State, when you play these top 25 programs, East Carolina expects to win those games now. And when you win those games, it's not as big as a deal as it was, you know, nine, 10 years ago, because, you expect to win those games now. And I think that's a huge part of this culture for this team and says a lot about the culture that Cliff Godwin has built.
2: You talk about the culture, and uh, that it makes me wonder, you know, we're used to beat North Carolina and NC State, at least on a somewhat consistent basis. But last year in the Supers, we beat Texas, and then we had them beat again, and we, we just beat ourselves. They didn't beat us in game two. I wonder how much swagger and confidence that gives the team, even to new guys coming in because of the culture that even though we came up short in the super regionals last year, I feel like that was maybe a another step, just knowing we should have beat Texas, that we can beat anybody. I mean, not just the teams around here, but anybody in the country.
5: Yeah, I mean, you would have to think. Obviously, that would give some some uh confidence, but you know, like I said, like that was one thing with with the regional last year. You look and you saw Virginia and Coastal Carolina. And, you know, obviously two really good programs, Coastal Carolina winning a national championship, Virginia winning a national championship. But we went into that regional last year expecting to win those games and against two programs like that. And that's that's another, like you said, like I said, great example of the culture that has been built and the confidence that this program has now.
1: No question about it. Looking ahead to – uh, with the, with this team, you looking at Duke. Red today, we've won. Uh, Kyle, I know, not trying to steal your stat here, uh, Kyle, but twenty two out of the last twenty three games, East Carolina has won. We're twenty two and one over the last uh, twenty three ball games. So, um, Duke is better. I will tell everybody that Duke is better this year. Uh, they didn't play a tough opponent this weekend, but to score fifty two runs in three games um, against Baylor, fifty two it was fifty two to seven to be exact. Um, so they're doing something right. I think, uh, being at, in Durham, uh, with, uh, at the DBAP, um, we'll see how things are going and how about, uh, got to give a shout out to the freshmen. Speaking of, uh, with coach putting you in there, Zach Root's going to get the start tomorrow and, uh, what a, uh, perf- what a gamer. i tell you what he is. Uh, when I, when I see that kid, I forget that he's a freshman, Scott.
5: Yeah. I mean, and that was awesome for him. On Friday night, and I know a lot of people wanted to see him pitch in that game, and you know, boy, did he excel in it. You know, obviously he had to face that that one-two punch of Vance Honeycutt, Mac Horvath, in that inning, and uh you know, other than that, the drop five fly ball, you know, he he mowed right through that North Carolina lineup, and so he's going to be so much fun to watch this year, and a guy that not only this year, but in future years is gonna be, you know, he could be the next guy, the next good lefty on this East Carolina staff.
2: Scott, I made up another name for Horvath. Want to guess what it was? Uh, I don't want to take a guess. I'm just gonna to listen to this. I, I won't <laughs> say it on the air, but just wanted to see if you wanted to guess. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Scott, you're a smart man, not uh not chiming in on that one. Very,
1: very he didn't wild, take the bait. no didn't take the bait, baby. Didn't take Did the bait
3: I tend to take Kyle's bait all the time and it gets me in trouble. So, you know, Matt, I think you welcome it.
1: No, his wife, Chrissy, makes him sleep on the couch when he does that with Kyle. So,
3: well, well, that that has happened on occasion. It's usually (laughs) Kyle's fault,
2: but uh, it's all good. I I apologize, Matt. I didn't mean to do it. It happens, brother. It happens. Yeah. No, no, you took over
1: the team, Matt.
2: (laughs) You got to do it. That that whole contest, the conversation, and then ending it when you took one for the team. That just go edit that together, Bubba, and I believe you'll have a good laugh. (laughs) Yeah, quite the mashup there. But um,
4: no, uh, Dave, (laughs) just a few minutes ago, mentioned Carter Spivey, and great to see Carter pitch uh, yesterday. But uh, going back to Friday night's game um, this week, our pgxgloves.com pitcher of the week is, uh, of course, Trey is savage. And I know, uh, Scott, you and I talked about that. Uh, certainly some others that were in the mix, but uh, had to go with Trey with the night he had six innings and just uh, one run that was allowed on the, the home run uh, to, to Vanderbreak. and then um, struck out eight, just walked one, um, just three hits in those six innings of work.
5: Yeah, I mean, what a what a performance it was for Trey Savage. And didn't get Conference Pitcher of the Week this week, I believe, uh, when the Wichita State pitchers did after giving up just one hit and a start this weekend. But if it wasn't for that, obviously it would have been a no-brainer, I think, for Trey getting Pitcher of the Week in the American. But that says a lot for, for him. And for him to, to move into that Friday night role this week, I think says a lot about him as well because – you never know, you know, Trey Savage might stay in this Friday night role. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit off the air about him and how he's really molding himself into uh, very similar to Gavin Williams and how he started the started his career in the bullpen and now is working his way into that rotation. And, you know, with his speed, he's he's very similar, I think, to Gavin Williams. And so it's going to be fun to watch his career.
2: Trey, also a member of the all-name team, Trey you savage. Trey, you savage. Trey, you savage. I mean, what, what, a, what a great last name. And then uh, and then in the ninth inning, uh, obviously,
4: we ran into some adversity um, on Friday night uh, where it looked like we were going to have two outs and the base is empty. But, um, you know, committed to E there. But um, despite that, Zach Root kept his composure and uh, being in a tough spot and got the safe. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, repeat what you said, because I was reading stuff off the side of the screen, and I completely blocked out what you
4: were saying. Just, talk, just talking about the the performance of Zach Roode. I said uh, he was pitching well. It looked like we are going to have two outs and the bases empty. And then uh, after the E, yeah, he gave up a hit or two and gave up a run, but he did what he needed to do to close out the game.
5: Yeah, I mean, what a job it was. And for a freshman to be put into that situation says a lot about him because there's a lot of trust from this coaching staff in him. But, yeah, I mean, what a job it was to keep that poise, especially after that error because, you know, a lot of freshmen I think would kind of get deterred a little bit after that, but but not him because he kept firing right, right away. And, uh, you know, that's, that says a lot about Zach Root. And so I think we're going to see him in a lot of those big situations here
3: in the uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I'm just going to use a quick Dave Richmond word. This is this is a, this is Dave's favorite word, but he's right when it comes to you know, I think about Root. He brings a certain swagger. He reminds me a little bit about uh, Burleson, you know, when he would come in to uh, to close a game. He kind of brought that confidence yeah. and that swagger. I see the same qualities in Root. Well, what was the Dave word? Swagger. That's one of Dave's uh, favorite words. He loves that word. Yeah, I really
2: he thought did. you were going to go with special.
1: <laughs> uh yeah well hey this team what well, this team expects to win and uh when it comes to coach Godwin, when it starts with him and the expectations of this program and scott i've said it all along this program now is a super regional program you know we're we're not be, it's not before like we were just trying to get a regional now it's super regional and and uh and then we were so close with, like kyle was saying earlier this team knows they can be anybody in the country. They, they can. Um, you know, they have to have some luck go the way, their way, stay away from, obviously, the injuries. A lot of the cliches you'll hear coach speak. But when it's all said and done, um, this team deserves the um, – I'll say it because a lot of fans are probably say they don't care about it, but we do care about it. The rankings this week were number nine, um, top ten. Um, now, what are you going to do with that? How do you handle that pressure at Duke uh, tomorrow, you know? With a top 10 ranking uh, and uh i know that it's going to only matter in june but have those two victories quad one victories and you you uh, play a campbell team that game could have gone either way as well
5: yeah and you know credit to campbell that's going to be a, a team to watch this yep. year and that's a very that's a very good team in Bowie's creek a team that's going to be in the postseason this year but yeah i mean like you said you know everybody looks at rankings i think but i think this this program has always done a good job of, of blocking that out, sort of say, um, you know, Coach Godwin always says, you know, ignore the noise and the, and they do a great job of that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it is to certain teams, it would be tough to block that out, but not with this program. I think they're going to head into Durham tomorrow and have you know hopefully no problem with Duke. Uh,
1: no doubt. And uh, got to give a shout out to your broadcast partner. You know, I think a lot of you and. And uh, Dr. Gary Overton, your, your chemistry, both of y'all, is uh, is great. And um, in fact, on Friday night, I got a chance to hear you guys. Um, I want to give you guys a shout out. Thankfully, they have you guys uh, there at the concession stand. My wonderful daughter wanted some ice cream, and the line was so long, which I'm happy. But it was like two at least two innings. I had to stand there in line, um, and thank God for you and Coach. So I got to give y'all a shout out uh, for doing a great job with the broadcast, but also. I knew what was going on. So I wasn't quite mad with my daughter because I was like, at least I have Scott and, and Coach O. And so Ice cream
5: important, Dave.
1: When so you just tell
2: her, Mackenzie, here's a 10. Find daddy. <laughs> it
1: was so many people there. God, oh, my God. I know, man. I'm messing <laughs> with me. i was just
2: saying, <laughs> Ain't no way I thought my little girl do that.
1: No <laughs> <way>. <laughs> oh, my God. She was like, daddy, look at all these people. And she's like, and and when some people – um. We're saying about the 6,000. That place was rocking. That place was loud. Um, It was incredible. The eighth inning was, it felt like at least a regional atmosphere. Maybe you could argue super regional, but at every pitch, like, was the intensity. You felt the momentum going East Carolina's way. And it was quiet there in the middle innings. But, man, once, I don't know if everybody felt like, okay, we're due. We've waited. We've been patient. Now we're going to pounce.
5: Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, that, that intensity was amazing on Friday night and, you know, every single pitch, you know, you, you were such, so, you were right there on the edge of your seat, especially with the two starters, because, because you never knew what was going to happen because you, you knew that more than likely there was going to be out there. But, uh, you know, once I think we saw North Carolina go through the bullpen, we, we knew that we had to, to pounce on that. And so, Uh, you know, credit them. And, you know, I I think a big part of why that North Carolina pin looked so bad on Friday night was I think the crowd had a huge part of that. And, you know, for a great example, the lefty that came in first, Dalton Pence, did not pitch at all last year for North Carolina. And so that's his first appearance in quite a while. And he comes in to 6,000 people screaming and hollering right at him. And so you got to think that maybe he got rattled a little bit. But, uh, you know, that's a big credit to our crowd and our fans because that place was rocking on Friday night. And if it's like that, you know, even half that every game the rest of the year, you know, obviously everybody knows Clark LeClaire is a, a tough place to play, but it's going to be amazing to watch if it's like that every single game this year.
2: And speaking of every single game this year, obviously we've got Duke midweek, but Keith LeClaire Classic coming up this weekend. Just talk quickly, if you will, Scott, about what you think of the field this year.
5: It's a good one. Uh, Indiana, you know, is a is a really good program in the Big Ten. Long Beach State as well has had really good success in the past. And Georgetown is, I believe, either four and one or five and one right now. I know they've been down in Wilmington this past weekend. They picked up a win over UNCW this weekend as well. And so that's another quality team. So I like the field this year, and I, but I also like the, the uh, Pirates chances as well this weekend.
1: And uh, Scott, tell everybody how they can listen to you guys. Uh, for those of us, unfortunately, they have to work for a living. I can't wait till I'm retired. So I'll be one of those uh, older men that goes to every single game, road or um, home. But how can people listen to you?
5: Yeah, 94.3 to game on your radio dials. And then if you want to stream, I know there's a, a lot of people having questions about streaming ways this year. But uh, the best way to stream is if you download the TuneIn app or if you're on your laptop or computer go to tune in and just search for 94.3 the game, and you should be able to pull up our, our feed right there. I know Sunday we are on 103.7 uh, WTIB because of the basketball conflict, I believe, on Sunday. And so I, th- I have a feeling we might be on 103.7 this Friday now that that lane game has been rescheduled, but uh, working to confirm that. But, yeah, for, mo- for the majority of the games on 94.3, the game, just go to tune in and search 94.3 mm-hmm. the game, and you should be able to pull it right up that way.
2: 1037's got a better signal anyway. I think Henry just switched that to a sports station. <laughs> that's
5: <is>, uh, <laughs> that's above my pay grade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll text Henry in the morning. All right, Scott, Appreciate you, man, so much uh, for all you do. Enjoy you and uh, Coach o again, and uh, we'll be listening tomorrow afternoon. I'll be at work listening. Don't tell anybody. I guess I just did, but uh, Scott, thanks, man. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck on the call.
5: Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: No problem. Have a good one, bud. Thanks, Scott. Let's bring in uh, now another friend of the program who's been with us uh, for the last four, uh, at least four years. Chris Edwards, the play-by-play voice of women's basketball, doing very well, and the men's uh, uh, baseball team. Chris, how are you?
6: Dave, I'm great. I was even better until I found out you are going to listen to Scott and not listen to me tomorrow. Like, What's going on with that?
1: I can listen to both of you. That's what's great about uh, the varsity app. I know we have TuneIn Radio app. I can. I, I used to. I'm one of those nerds. You know that, Chris. I listen to you guys, and I uh, also on ESPN Plus. You do a great uh, job as well, uh, Chris. Let's bring you in. And uh, man, what a series you guys had with Baylor. I saw that 52 runs. 52 runs is that for real?
6: Yeah, it's for real. I don't know what's more impressive, Dave, the 52 runs that Duke scored or the 7 that they gave up. I mean, I think it's equally impressive on both sides, right? I mean, yeah. Baylor is struggling. They're they're a young team. We know that. They've got 13 transfers, they've got 23 newcomers, but you still have to put up the runs, right? You still have to be able to score the runs. You got to hit, you got to catch, you got to throw. Um, so yeah, it's impressive. This is a th- definitely a, a different Duke team than the one that you guys saw a couple times last
4: year. And Chris, before we talk about this Duke roster and some of the personnel and the, the guys um, you know, helping to uh, produce all those runs and hits, obviously an East Carolina connection, a very strong East Carolina connection. Former Pirate third baseman, and then uh, former employee uh, of uh, Baseball Rebellion there in Durham, and that's, of course, Eric Tyler. He's the Blue Devils hitting coach.
6: Yeah, I love E.T. Got a chance to know E.T. a little bit this year.
4: Uh, our paths
6: didn't cross. He was a couple of years behind me when I was at ECU. Uh, I joke with him about how young he is and how older, how much older I'm getting. But ET's been great. Uh, Coach Podler talks about the staff all the time, and, and ET's a big part of it. And just the, the youthful energy, right? That these guys are bringing. It's a younger staff. These guys are energetic every day. ET's a big part of it, and, and I think a lot of baseball guys will tell you that it's a long season, and you can't take yourself too seriously. I mean, it's 56 games. It's a grueling slate. And e- Et has been so infectious to be around him. It's been great to have him on staff and great to get to know him. And excited to see what he and the rest of the staff are going to do with this program as we move forward this year.
2: Chris, you you completely just answered the question about the fifty two runs. You got a <laughs> pirate as your hitting coach. That explains that.
6: <laughs> That's exactly right. You know pirates hit always, right, Kyle?
2: Always, always <laughs> swing. Oh, you you can't you can't hit them unless you swing at them. Hey, you know,
6: if you swing the bat, your odds of hitting the ball go up
1: 100%. I've heard that said, and I, I think it's true. <laughs> yeah, and Chris, uh, one of the things I've heard, uh, maybe you that uh, Coach has done a nice job. I'm talking about Coach Pollard, and we thank a lot of Coach. He's been like you. He's been very good to us and the show, and um, he's one of those guys that, uh, just like Cliff Godwin, both those guys, if your son goes play plays baseball uh, with them, you know they're going to take care of him, and also – they're going to push them. They're going to be make them better as a man and on the, as far as being in the classroom, a better person and also on the field. And with coach, it looks like he's done a nice job. I understand that the transfer portal, you got a couple good bats out of there. And also um, I understand the pitching's better too.
6: Holy smoke. Dave. I mean, let, let me kind of answer your questions in three parts. I mean, coach Pollard uh, has been phenomenal Uh, to me personally, professionally, everything I have professionally, I owe to coach Pollard. He took a chance on a 20-something-year-old kid who probably hadn't gone through puberty fully yet and uh, brought him on to be the radio guy of his baseball team when he got to Duke 11 years ago. And I'm eternally grateful to Coach for seeing something in me. Uh, as far as the team this year, yeah, Transfer Portal has been great for this group. Uh, Jay Bashir is a Northwestern transfer, absolutely crushing the baseball right now at second base. Uh, you got MJ Metz, who's a Division three transfer from Trinity. But, man, you wouldn't have known it. He has been swinging it red hot for the Blue Devils as of late, too. A couple big transfer arms. You mentioned those guys, Jason White, who you might see tomorrow in relief. I'm not sure. Jason's been great. He's a Belmont Abbey transfer. You go up and down the list. I mean, you couple the freshmen that we got, the talented freshmen that you cast uh, with the transfers. And it's been a really nice mix. I said it on the broadcast. I think it was Saturday, Dave that like you've got these older guys who are transfers, right? And they're juniors or seniors or grad students. And this is their last chance to win. It's their last chance to be good. So they're pushing their teammates, right? Because they want to win. But then you've also got these really talented freshmen. And sometimes being young can be a good thing. Like you can be young and dumb, and that's a good thing because you don't know what you're not supposed to know, right? You don't know that you're not supposed to be good. And so these guys have been – Playing at a really high level, so I think it's been a nice blend between the youth and the experience, and I really hope and I think that'll pay dividends for Duke as
4: we move forward. So, um, Chris, tell us about this club defensively. Um, you know, Dave referenced some of the some of the arms and so forth, but uh, if, if you would tell us about the club defensively and you know how they're faring there.
1: Yeah,
6: Bubba, they've only made, I think, three or four errors all year long. I mean, you've got Alex – we haven't even talked about Alex Mooney. Alex Mooney, who was the freshman of the year in the ACC last year, he's the starting shortstop. Guys guy is just getting it done at a really high level uh, this year. So, Mooney and Storm on the left side of the infield. Bashirs has played a really solid second base. MJ Metz is like a Hoover vacuum cleaner over there at first base. Alex Stone has kind of taken over the catcher's – race if you will i think andrew is going to have a big part to say they're going to push each other but alex has been kind of the main guy this year we talked about the transfers earlier giovanni di giacomo and lsu transfer can really go get the baseball in center field. It kind of reminds me of a Joey Loperfito or a Kenny Taylor that Duke had a few years ago. Damon Lux, uh is in right field. Damon's been swinging a really hot stick, too. He's been at Duke. This is his graduate student year. And David Damon is finally healthy, and I think you're seeing that by the way he can go retrieve the baseball into the alleyways, the way he's swinging the bat. This is a club, and you guys know this as good as anybody else, this is a, a club and a program and Coach Pollard that preaches – pitching and defense and this is a team that's not going to beat themselves as a usual thing they're not going to give up a ton of extra outs they're not going to give you a whole lot of chances and they're going to feel 970 980 and they're going to be hopefully in every ball game that they play this is a team this weekend notwithstanding that i think is going to play in a lot of close games and pitching and defense is going to be a big part of that
2: dave got listening to chris right then I have a new intro. I want you to start introducing me as the man that's always swinging a really hot stick. (laughs) Wow! Uh, I'm
1: not touching. I'm not touching that one, (laughs) Uh, Chris. um, You know that. That's why Calloway's brings the comedic relief there uh, for (laughs) for us always. Enjoyed, by the way, The I know you're disappointed yesterday with uh, the Duke women uh, coming up short there at, at, at Cameron, but uh, they've had a great year, too. You do an excellent job for those that love women's basketball like I do. And I had some friends that went to the game yesterday, so uh, I know that you do a great job with that. So I want to give a shout-out. and if, if people want, they can watch uh, Chris uh, do that. He does great, great work there.
2: Hey, maybe the Pirates and the Lady Blue Devils will meet in the postseason this year. That would be great. There I- you go. That would be awesome.
6: Kim McNeil's club has had a phenomenal year for down
2: here.
6: Lucky to do, I think, what, seven or eight of those games on ESPN? Yeah. That's been a lot of fun to get to know that program and Coach McNeil and the great job that she's done.
1: No doubt. Let's talk back on the baseball diamond. I had to throw that shout out to you. Oh, thanks. Uh, We're excited to
6: Greensboro later this week, and hopefully we can get a little revenge uh, on Friday night against Carolina.
1: There you go. No doubt about it. Uh, So with this baseball team, I know with uh, Coach Pollard, And uh, Bubba and I have uh, had him on numerous times and great job. And one of the things that uh, we've been very impressed with is uh, this Duke program has what, at least two super regionals off the top of my head. Yeah. uh, Uh, 2018
6: and 2019.
1: Yeah. And so he took a program that if you're from Durham, like I am, you know, that baseball, um, at least my lifetime, I don't remember it being as good as it is right now. Am I wrong on that, Chris?
6: No, not at all. Dave, um, so Duke went to a regional in 2016, and that was the first time in 55 years yeah. Yeah. that they'd been to a regional, got swept to and out down in Columbia, had, I guess, a step back in 2017. Then 2018, you put together this this great run. You go to a Super Regional. You went away from Omaha. Uh, there was a call at second base in game one of that Super Regional that uh, cost the Blue Devils a chance to go to Omaha, but we're not going to relive that with one of our <laughs> ACC officials, who we see all the time. Uh, and then in 2019, get to another Super Regional. You're a win away from Omaha, and then some guy named Kumar Rocker decides oh, yeah. to hit hitter. I think he would have no-hit the 27 Yankees that night. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> but to be a, a win away from Omaha a couple of times. And then 2020 COVID, I contend, and I will always say this, that that Duke team was going to Omaha. That's the best team that Coach Pollard has had You had everything. I mean, Jarvis threw a perfect game that year. Now, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not naive to the fact that Jarvis could have, you know, blown out his arm or somebody could have had some kind of catastrophic injury. But on paper, the way that team was going, that was a team that I will always believe was going to Omaha. And then in 2021, you win the ACC tournament. You go to the toughest regional, I think, in the country that year with Tennessee, who was one of the, the hottest teams in the country. Liberty, who was really good. Wright State was the best offensive team in the, the country that whole year. So, yeah, but to, long-winded answer to your question, Dave. But, yes, I mean, baseball at Duke has never been better than it has been since 2016. And a large credit of that goes to Coach Pollard.
2: Chris, yeah. are, the, are, are the fans starting to get behind it with all the recent success? I know Duke's always known for great crowds for basketball, Cameron Indoor. Uh, but uh, how are the fans embracing the baseball program? Yeah you know
6: Kyle I I think for for baseball it's always and it's probably like this in a lot of places where once basketball is over people start paying a lot more attention to baseball Uh, that's kind of the way it's been and during my experience the postseason runs that Duke has had now when you get a North Carolina you get a Virginia Miami and NC State you'll get some great weekend crowds uh, for those um, and hopefully a decent crowd tomorrow weather should be great in Durham so we look forward to having a lot of Pirate fans, a lot of Blue Devil fans out there tomorrow. But I think once we get deeper into the season, you see a lot more Blue Devil fans. It'll help this year that the ACC tournament's back in Durham at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. But I can remember in 2021 in Charlotte at the ACC tournament and the championship game against NC State, there were a ton of Blue Devil fans there. And I think that's the point of the year, Kyle, when you start to pick up the casual fan that are just like, oh, Duke's playing baseball. They must be pretty good. They're the championship. Let's go watch them play. Uh, and that's kind of been the way I think it's gone the last couple of years.
1: Chris, one question I had, will uh, Duke ever improve uh, the baseball stadium? I know you have the DBAP and I know that, and I love that. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I love, I would love to see a game at Durham Athletic Park. Um, but as far as uh, Duke on campus, will will they build a new baseball stadium or improve what what they have?
6: Yeah, Dave, I think there's some of those conversations going on now. I'm obviously not privy to all that information, but I would be shocked uh, if there are not some more improvements to Jack Coombs Field in the next two to three years.
1: But you could host a regional, just have it at DBAP right now, right?
6: There are plans, Dave, where they they have mapped it out, um, and there is a plan where Duke can host a regional at Jack Coombs Field.
1: Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. So it, it would be awesome.
6: I think it'd be a great environment. I mean, I love Coombs. The app is great, and it's great to be down there with our friends at the Durham Bulls. Uh, but I love Coombs. And I think it's an intimate setting. It's a unique setting, and it, it's a lot of fun anytime we can get on campus.
4: Now, Chris, uh, a few minutes ago before you joined the show, we were talking about East Carolina freshman lefty, Zach Root. Uh, he's getting the ball tomorrow, it appears. I believe that was announced earlier today. So, tell us about uh, Duke starter right-hander, is it Alex Gale.
6: Yeah, Alex is another one of those transfers for the Blue Devils. And, and I don't look for Alex to be in there very long tomorrow, Bubba. I think he's probably – a. One time through the order, maybe, and this is going to be a staff day for Duke and that's the way the Blue Devils have approached a lot of the midweeks since Coach Pollard's been at Duke. It's the way they've approached a couple of their weekend games already this year. It's kind of like having an opener. Think about the Tampa Bay Rays and the way that they were able to navigate their way through the postseason and through the regular season for that matter. With having an opener, a guy that gives you two, maybe three innings, gets you one time through the order and then you turn it over to to the rest of the bullpen. The one thing that Coach Pollard's been very cognizant of since he's gotten to Duke is not to overextend anybody in these midweek games. You're not going to see anybody go out there and throw 70, 80, 90, 100 pitches. No one's going to throw tomorrow to the point where they can't be available for the weekend series against Princeton this weekend. Uh, And that's just, this is the last, as you guys know, the last week before ACC play heats up for Duke. They're at home against a very good Wake Forest team, next weekend. So this is about continuing, obviously, to win the game, but to conv- continue to develop guys, build up the capacity, get the pitch counts going, and hopefully get some of those freshman arms some more reps before we get to the heart of ACC play.
1: No question about it. With uh, with the series, always great. In fact, uh, you know, I heard uh, Aaron Fitt the day on Pirate Radio uh, this afternoon on PRL, PL- and I was thinking about you guys. But if you look at Wake Forest, Duke, NC State, Carolina – Tobacco Road, if you will. There's uh, Charlotte's doing very well. Matt's favorite school. Uh, I know I get him excited about that in baseball. Uh, let's see. I know that Bubba's favorite school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Appalachian State is 7-0 and right now. But a lot of good teams in the state of North Carolina, Chris.
6: Yeah, there's a ton of great teams in North Carolina. And that just speaks to the coaches that we have in this state. It speaks to the talent we have in this state. I mean, look, you don't have to go very far around the state to realize that there's some really good high school baseball being played in this state. You guys know it as good as anybody else with Rose and Conley and all the other schools that are around the Greenville area. I mean, there's really good baseball in North Carolina and you're seeing it at the college level. And now maybe people are going to start paying attention to it at a national level too.
1: No doubt. Chris, Uh, appreciate your time tonight. I know you've got to run, but, uh, before we let you go, how can people listen to your work? Uh, I know the Varsity app, right? Yeah, the
6: Varsity Network app. Just search for Duke Baseball. We'll be there uh, tomorrow because Duke has a men's basketball game. We'll be a one-camera ACC Network extra stream, so you'll get to listen to me do a little throwback, one-camera TV broadcast, radio broadcast. So hopefully we uh, – Try to do a little Vin Scully and paint the picture for you guys uh, as well, too. So excited about tomorrow. Excited to have the Pirates come to town. Looking forward to a great game. Uh, always great to be on with you guys. And uh, if I could, just real quick, just uh, thinking about all my friends down there at, at ECU with Jeff. Uh, Jeff was so good to me um, as a student at ECU and even after. And uh, it's just not the same without the, the voice of the Pirates around. So Jeff is in my heart. His family's in my prayers. And so is everybody else some Pirate Nation.
1: And Chris, I don't know if you saw Terry Holland passed away today. Also, so we have two legends yeah. uh, of ECU passing away uh, really close together. So uh, we're we're really mourning the loss of two legends in Pirate Nation back I mean, really close.
6: How good was Terry Holland? I mean, you know, Terry had time for everybody. No matter if you were the president of the university. Right. Steve Ballard when I was in school, or if it was, you know, me as a a freshman or a sophomore walking around campus, he had time to talk to everybody. And uh, Terry's uh, impact and uh, fingerprints on the athletic department are still felt today. And certainly thinking about Ann and all of Coach Holland's family and and everybody in Pirate Nation.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, Chris, my friend. Uh, Don't be a stranger. Love to have you back on soon.
6: You guys, anytime. Always great to be with you. Thank you for having me.
1: Take care, bud.
2: See you
6: guys.
1: All right. Good night
2: is 't it interesting that Chris's first statement about Terry Holland was pretty much the same exact thing I said
1: it's, yeah guys how through it was yeah I mean he's a uh, Chris probably one wear but he's a pirate so um but uh certainly great to have him on and you know uh guys I, uh, I
2: wonder if he'll
1: be a candidate I don't know that's a great question great question he's he's definitely somebody that I like a lot he's been very good to us and by the way, guys, uh, not to toot our own horn, but uh, Matt, did you know that on Wednesday, um, just a day away, we have the podcast is five years old. We're going to be celebrating our fifth anniversary on Wednesday. So I, I think Matt's buying the rum. Are you buying the drinks for us, Matt? I'll absolutely provide the drinks. No okay. doubt about it. Five years. That's a great milestone. And
3: uh, Yeah.
2: Kyle's getting the champagne, I think.
3: Five years of bliss. Right, fellas? Five yeah. years of bliss.
2: But, yeah, five years or something. Huh? It's no, it's cool that it's been five years. So, um, Dave, uh, uh, are we doing a special five year anniversary show?
1: I don't know. I, mean, I it'll be later in the evening if y'all can, but uh, I'd love to do one. Or maybe we can do it on Thursday. Bobby, you got to
2: find a clip for me. I'll find it for you. Well, I mean, you got to play it during that show. There's a clip from the Cosby Show where where Rudy's <laughs> turning five, and you don't, Dave. Do you remember this? Rudy's yeah. turning five, and um. And, and she don't want to turn five. She 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 no. She don't like me being five. Five year olds are babies. That's what it is. And um and uh you know does she Claire get her. And that will always that be song. a classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me wait a minute. Wait a minute, Johnny. Wait a minute. Anyway, anyway, Rudy ends up going.
6: Yay five! Yay five!
2: You gotta find that clip for, for, for the five year anniversary show. For <laughs> We should have Bubba uh, you tell Johnny to shut the hell up if he doesn't <laughs> like my content. Don't
1: be bust on Johnny. Yeah. Bubba, I was trying, you, I was you, trying you to
2: know,
1: in,
4: Bubba, sorry Matt, I was trying to insert that uh comment there. Uh <laughs> the I'm lost for words earlier when when Kyle Brought up um, the intro that he wants Dave to use for moving forward. about
2: I was just quoting what Chris Pollard said. I mean, that's when he always swings a hot stick. You mean mean, Chris Edwards?
1: Chris Edwards. (laughs) Edwards. Who who the hell is Chris Paul? He's He's the coach of Duke. (laughs) He's what? The coach of Duke.
2: Oh, well, hell, him too. I hear he always swings a hot stick.
1: (laughs) Matt, please help me.
3: Uh, I don't. I'm trying to figure out. You know, what, I'm lost. I'm a little lost right now. But Bubba, we need to put put your uh, your producing work uh, to the test here. You should do best of the last five years. You could take all your cut ups, your mashups,
4: <laughs> stay up all night, and, and <laughs> put that thing together. Yeah, Stacy yeah, nothing, nothing like pulling um, from five years of shows. Uh, you know, hey, in Matt, a, in, a, in a matter of less than
2: 48 hours i want to i want a one-hour montage of dave saying special
1: <laughs> there you go
4: now going back to sunday's game uh, i know we discussed a few aspects of that um specifically in carter spivey and then also uh, one of the big at bats or two in that game by different players um specifically i think luke Nowak, but um a very interesting start for Josh Groves. He managed to get through four innings. It looked like he may not get out of the first, but then he stranded the three Tar Heels, uh, left the bases loaded, and you know he struck out five, but also had five free passes and ended up having a decent start after uh, what looked like would be, uh, like I said, less than, less than an inning. But um, great job, I think, For the game, the Tar Heels left 12 on. And fortunately, uh, when they did hit their home runs, and they had three of them uh, one by Honeycutt, one by Horvath, and one by Tomas Frick. uh, Fortunately, that did not come when they had all those runners on base in the early innings. And then uh, we found a way to, to stay in it. AMAC hit the home run. And then we started to get the offense going there in the middle to late innings. Um, it was, I think, five to two going into the top of the seventh. Joey Barini let it off with a the single, then then uh, with one out, uh, really really uh, started to put things together. Cam Clutch got hit by a pitch. J.C. had that single that I referenced earlier, and then uh, Hoove and Star, you know, hit a couple balls right inside that uh, left field line. Hoove scored a run, and then Star who had the big two-run single to center on Friday night, had the two-run double that proved to be the winning margin on uh, on Sunday afternoon. And uh, and Jacob Starling, uh, he had a four-for-12 week, and he is our pgxgloves.com player of the week. So congratulations to, to Jacob. Again, four out of 12, five. Runs batted in, and then the two go-ahead hits, what proved to be game-winning hits in the late innings. Eighth inning on Friday, seventh inning on Sunday.
2: Yeah, great weekend by Jacob, and uh, well-deserving of the player of the week.
4: And it was funny, guys. Right there in the top of the seventh inning, and Matt knows where I'm going with this because Matt – was going to be unable to watch the the remainder of the game, and he said, "Will you please keep me posted?" Um, because he was watching the high school basketball playoffs there in Connecticut, and you know we we really felt good about things, given that we were down by three runs. We thought we thought uh, well, we could very well do what we did on Friday, which we did, and uh, Matt. Uh, Right after I responded to him saying that I would keep him posted on what was taking place, uh, he sent me this, and then Joey Barini proceeded to single to right field, and it was on from there.
1: Yo,
3: B, they're going to need 27 outs to beat us, kid. 27, not 24, not 21, and show as hell not 18. You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
4: <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I thought you, you went a little Donnie Kirkpatrick there then in terms of a little bit for sure. I did have to – I threw a little Donnie
3: at the end there. but uh, you Know what I'm saying? That's a good one. I'm glad you played that, Bubba. <laughs> you know, that is a testament to this team though, guys, and we talked about it earlier. You just get the sense that these guys are always going to remain in the game. They're going to fight till the end, and, and that's a positive sign. But, you know, one thing I want to mention – Regarding tomorrow, I would like to see us jump out of the gate quick and maybe put up some early runs because it seems like we're playing from behind quite a bit, which, you know, hey, you don't always want to do that. Every now and then it would be nice to, to jump out quick and take an early lead and, and and kind of play that way instead with a little less pressure on you. So hoping for a fast start tomorrow um, and to see how we respond.
4: And then – Great to see Carter Spivey uh, after an excellent outing of two plus innings by Tyler Brot, the VMI transfer, and uh, I think Tyler had four appearances, um, or four appearances already this season. He appeared in every game this week, but uh, after he ran into some trouble there in the bottom of the ninth, um, they ruled it an error. It's a very tough play for Amac. Uh, He did. It was a high throw, but it was. uh, I thought it would probably be a a swinging bunt, an infield single, but uh, it was an E five on the throw. But then um, you had the hit batter. So then Carter Spivey came into the first and second, no out jam, got the popped up bunt. How huge was that? Absolutely critical. Once that happened, I felt pretty good. I mean, we're still.
2: It felt like the momentum shifted back yes. when it happened.
4: Yes. Yes. Because then you were one pitch away with the double play it ended up being what, what I thought was going to be a much, uh, I thought it was going to be a situation where uh hoof was going to have to catch it up against the wall in left field, but it was probably five to 10 feet shy of the track. Um, maybe hit off the end of the bat a little bit by, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was Tomas Frick or who it was for the Tar Heels, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, when it came off the bat, I was like, "Uh oh!" And but fortunately, Hoove had plenty of room. And then um, obviously the ground out to end things to Amac.
1: Hey, uh, by the way, Matt, going back to your point, really quick, uh, with uh, being coming from behind, we've come from behind four out of the six games. Uh, the first, the other team scored first, so that's two thirds of the time. And um, I agree with you, Matt. We need to have a huge start against Duke. But the good news is with his team, fellas that this team, like we talked about, is built to be a super regional team. And if someone punches first, this team is going to punch back, and they're probably going to punch back harder. And uh, that's what we're going to need going down the stretch in June, uh, May, with a tournament in late May. And then, of course, the regional and super regional just to get to Omaha. um, That stretch right there, we're going to have to do it really, really uh, uh, a lot of times, I think, this year. Punch back. Yeah, meaning that somebody else scores, it's not the end of the world because we can score a lot of runs, even if it has to be one inning. No,
2: it's, it's good to have that confidence to believe you can do that. There's no doubt. It's, it nice, it'd be nice, like Madison, not to have to, but I really don't care as long as we win. Uh, it, it's probably good in the season to have these kinds of games. Lots of times, You're teams right, in the early Paul. season play easy, easier opponents, and it, it's good to go ahead and get, get confidence built early in the year, I think. Last year, our confidence didn't come to late in the year, but – uh. You can get confidence early and keep it through late in the year. That's even better.
1: Hey, Bubba, let's go. I know that our good friend Jared Plummer, he uh, unfortunately was not able to make Friday night's game, and, but also uh, awesome stuff he had with uh, coming up. Let's show that.
4: Yeah, really appreciate Jared's uh, support of the show and him allowing us to use his videos that he uses on the at ECU Jungle Twitter account. Definitely give them uh, – a follow if you've not already done so well over 8,000 followers um, definitely um, a lot of tremendous content he produces there and we really appreciate him allowing us to, to use that content on our YouTube channel but uh, Jared and this is a trip he had planned well over a year ago he and his wife are enjoying a nice relaxing vacation in the British Virgin Islands and he sent me this video yesterday evening on Facebook uh, after the Pirates were victorious in Chapel Hill. On yeah,
5: ground okay. ball to third.
4: Makarevich has up. got it.
3: Throw to first. In time. Woo! Get for the third
2: out. Yeah. The Game way, over, baby. Pearls, you can. Pete, This, this one. Purple.
5: purple. The Pirates nine. store four runs in the top of oh, the yeah. seventh.
6: To take a six to five lead. Woo! Purple! purple.
2: Purple!
4: You gotta feel really sorry for him there.
2: That was a tough place to be, yeah. And, and I and I, and I, the I British Virgin and Islands and Jared, he, he's welcome that he was able to use my property there at the uh <laughs> old Virgin Islands. <laughs> That's <was> Kyle's backyard, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I let Jared use it.
1: That was it's nice a, of you, Kyle. It's
2: a, a timeshare.
1: Oh man, don't get me started. And I'll tell you, that's the way to watch a baseball game
3: right there. You know, you you have a maybe a, uh, you know, Corona, margarita, some kind of rum drink, you know, maybe some Corona's. You're sitting on the beach in the British Virgin Islands watching the Pirates win. That's not bad.
1: No doubt about him. I am uh, definitely don't feel sorry for him at all. Uh, but a great pirate. And we appreciate Jared very much. He's always been good to us. Um for many where, 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 where would y'all rather go if you could go to Hawaii just, just for vacation,
2: Hawaii, the Virgin Islands, or Bermuda? Oh my gosh.
4: Well, I'll, I'll tell you
3: which one I'll rule out first. I'll rule out Bermuda quick because that place yeah. is unbelievably expensive, guys. Like yeah, very expensive. I went there for a wedding one time. You know,
2: you get a cup of coffee, it's like seven dollars. Seven dollars. I mean it's well, out- that's that's Starbucks in America now. You need to up your inflation more. <laughs> It's
1: uh, it's it's Starbucks on steroids. I tell you, it's. Uh, I tell you, I tell you another one, Matt. That's very expensive. The Grand Caymans, the Grand Cayman Islands, is so freaking expensive. It's unbelievable how expensive. Like you can go to different islands. I, I, I am I good. No, like gas is like double, triple what it is here. Burgers are like way expensive. Even worse than like going to a ball game. Um, the alcohol is, I didn't even drink because I couldn't afford it because <laughs> I wanted to get home. Um, but the Grand Caymans very expensive. No doubt.
2: I am so yeah. unwell traveled. The first both of year, like, well, I went to a wedding there. It's too expensive. And Dave's like, oh, you can't afford a cheeseburger in the Grand Canyon. Grand both I at the Grand Canyon. I can, I say I'm so unwell traveled. I can't even say it. Grand, Grand <laughs>
1: Caymans. Hey, Cayman, and Canyon, it's all the same. exact Same thing.
2: I ain't been to yeah. either one.
3: Well, I'll tell you, from my money, from my money, guys, like living here on the East Coast, Aruba is the spot, and and I'll oh. tell you why. You, okay. First of all, you're out of the hurricane belt, right? Um, the, the the Aruba is well known for its trade winds, so it can be like 98 degrees, but there's always a slight breeze, so you never okay. you're never really burning up like you are in like you know in Jamaica or the Bahamas. Um Come on, pretty mama.
1: Yeah, exactly. He went through the yeah, whole thing there. Ninety-eight
4: <laughs> degrees. Also, Matt's favorite singing group. I
1: heard yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Kokomo. Good
2: job, Matt. High, I wanna, high five. I want to
1: go to Kokomo, Matt. Me personally.
3: Um, Bubba has a picture of a uh, ninety-eight, a poster on his uh, on his yeah, wall, right? But,
4: Is that Nick yeah. Lachey? Is that Nick Lachey? Yeah, I remember. Nice. Uh, I guess it's. I want to say that my my sister may have had one of their CDs or something.
2: Let me tell you, yeah. boys, something the greatest boy band of all time. Some new kids on the block, and I won't hear any difference.
1: New kids on the block, huh? So, we're going to have that debate on this show.
2: I don't think there is a debate. New kids on the block versus NC 98 degrees, Backstreet boys. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, well, get on the floor. I mean, of the new no, come yeah, on and new edition and back and um and new kids on the block. If you don't have those boy bands and maybe Medudo, <laughs> Kyle said that had been his uh, walk, walk up song, Hang, Hanging Tough.
2: Hangin' tough,
1: yeah. We're
2: rough. Yeah. No doubt. No, no. Could you imagine? That'd be awesome. I bet that would. I bet it would get a pop like crazy from the crowd if some dude came out to hangin' it tough. It would be awesome.
1: It's a good. It's a good song. I, I challenge.
2: I, I challenge any pirate player on this current baseball team to change your walk-up music to "Hangin' <laughs> Tough." It would be freaking epic.
1: It would be fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Matt. Um. I tell you what, you were talking about travel. How about Cozumel? Cozumel was not too expensive for me.
3: I've n- I've never been there. I've never been to Cozumel. Um, you know, but you really can't go wrong with with any of the you know the islands. Um, I, I'm dying to be in the Caribbean right about now, guys. Uh, tonight in Connecticut, we're going to get about 10 inches of snow. Um, it just started, and uh, so so the islands are sounding good. I'll take the Bahamas. I'll take, you know, Jamaica. Huh. Quite honestly, Matt, you
1: would take Emerald Isle, North Carolina.
3: <laughs> I would kill for Emerald Isle, North Carolina right now. How about there this? With Justin, hey,
1: by the way, Justin Butt says, the best is listening to the sports objective down in the islands. There you go, Justin. There you go. All right. right. Let's uh, Get it done. Take us to the islands with you. No doubt. He doesn't like Cosmo. I, I, I was talking about price-wise, the price point. Not bad. Uh, we were. I'll we, tell you. We, we I'll cruise.
2: tell you. If you if you're looking for a good cheap vacation, it's nothing like staying at a 50 year old hotel on the on the uh, boulevard there in Myrtle Beach um, during Bike Week. That's a good. That's a good cheap vacation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm sure Simmons is going to come down for that. That'll go over really well with the way
2: Matt, you want to go to Bike
3: Week? Listen, I do have a Harley in the garage. So uh... I've heard you had a hog.
1: I'm looking at that. Well
3: that too. That's <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm ready to fire it up, so I'll, I'll head down.
1: Yeah, if you ever want to go to Myrtle Beach, go in the off-season. It's dirt cheap. and there's Oh, man, good- Dave, food. I don't know, man. You it don't
2: each- like it? It depends on what you mean by off-season. Um, in the spring, like in, in the spring, when it starts to warm up, like March, things are still cheap and uh, early April, and, man, you, you run into some riff Like So way off season, like February, yes, but once you get into the early, you know, spring where it's starting to warm up, on the weekends, you you you, you don't stay at a really, you know. I'm the type of person, I'll stay at a cheap hotel on, 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 on the boulevard, mm-hmm. you know, so. Ocean Boulevard? Yeah, a cheap hotel. I, I don't have to stay in North Myrtle or, or, or Cherry Grove or anywhere like that, um, and so, when you do that during the off season,
1: just, just be careful where you stay. All right. The do drop in. I'm not going to stay there with uh- and Look,
2: I stayed at a hotel. So is a true story real fast. And then we're going to wrap it up. I was at a hotel yeah. one time. Um, I brought my, I was typically when I travel, i bring my pistol with me. And, uh, I, but I'll, I'll just lock it up in the hotel room or leave it in the car. And uh, I traveled, you know, I don't even, you know, well, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll say that. I, I was open carrying. We'll put it like that. I don't have a concealed carry. And uh, I, I, I walked back and forth to the car every time we left the hotel with that pistol.
1: That was a
2: bad decision to stay
1: there <laughs> where we stayed. <laughs> How uh, did they have free HBO and uh, clean room? It was just
2: not a good clientele at that hotel. We, me, me, and Jessica was the classiest people there. <laughs> so Tom, I'm is you. That,
3: is that now? Can you put a few quarters in the bed and, and magic
2: it, fingers? No, it you know, yeah, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even. It wasn't even. It wasn't even a fun. It wasn't even as fun. It was just, it was just a bad. I did that twice. Um, I did that twice. We took a trip to Charleston a couple years ago, and I'm always trying to save a dollar. And so I said, "Oh, look here, we can stay in North Charleston for half the price of Charleston." You ever been to North Charleston? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It ain't Charleston. I
1: know what you're talking about. <laughs> we- <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, what so sure spent- show is that? Huh? Yeah, Cody Jinks. Cody Jinks. That's right, Cody. I remember you talking about that. Now, yeah,
2: yeah I do remember Cody, that. Cody's coming to Charlotte. I got, I get my tickets. But um, yeah, Bubba, can I stay at your house?
1: Uh, he's he's all of a sudden.
4: Uh, no, I stepped away for a moment. Uh, no, uh, if I had more room, I'd I'd love for you uh, to. Sure, uh, sure, sure.
2: But I think Bubba's scared for me to meet Stacy. I think she thinks all Stacy will hate me.
1: Hey Stacy. No. She doesn't hate me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Like, I think
4: she thinks it. No, I think it'd probably be a pretty entertaining uh, meeting.
1: Oh, uh, you're you're
4: with, between the two of you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, Matt.
2: <laughs> Either way, it'd be entertaining.
1: <laughs> Speaking you of might somebody, love
2: me. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a funny guy.
1: Um, <laughs> do you guys have any uh, final thoughts? We well, actually, we're going to do the American scoreboard. I'm sorry, Bubba. Forgive me.
4: Yeah, just. A quick look around the American, and as well as what what lies ahead for the Pirates in the Keith Leclerc Classic this weekend, and um, perhaps on Wednesday night show, as well as reliving some of our top memories from the first five years of the show. Uh, we'll also, uh, whether it's on that show or maybe uh, on Thursday, preview the Keith Leclerc Classic and take a look back at some of our top memories uh, from down through the years over the last. I want to say it began in in uh, 2003. Is it 2002 or 2003? So, um, so this should be what year 22 or so of the Keith Leclerc Classic. Perhaps the first year um, we, we had the tournament, and when we had Clemson and Georgia Southern, it may not have technically been called the Keith LeClaire Classic that year. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, a look around the American. Um, South Florida and the Bulls are three and five. They split a pair of midweek games last week against the Gators, um, losing six to one and winning ten to nine. And then over the weekend, a very challenging series down at FAU, um, dropped two out of three to um, future AAC opponent of the Pirates, the Owls. um, Winning, they may
2: be be the second best program when they
1: joined the American. They've got a good program.
2: Yeah. Uh, w-
4: winning five to one, and then but then lost a couple of close ones, eight to seven and eight to six. Uh, UCF, uh, which is obviously on its way out the door uh, following this season to the Big Twelve, the Knights are six and one. They lost in the midweek to FAU, thirteen to three, and then um, th- they went to Clemson uh, and swept the Tigers, winning four to, two, 10 to seven, and thirteen <laughs> to th- thirteen to six uh this week they play at Bethune-Cookman and have a, a big three-game series at home against a, a very good Georgia Southern team that obviously hosted a regional a season ago on um, that program rather. Uh, Memphis. Bubba,
2: before you before you move on, um, sweep sweep Clemson, and then now a series with Georgia Southern. If they win that, we might have a challenger this year for a change. Yeah, yeah,
4: and de- definitely early. It seems like um, the Knights will be perhaps a. Uh, the the club that will push us and we shall see Uh, going back very quickly to South Florida and the the Bulls um, play midweek at Florida state on Wednesday. And then they have a series. It doesn't, if you're a big college baseball fan, you understand how challenging this is Northeastern. They're typically right there challenging for the CAA title. And uh, with that being the case, um, they're, um, a strong test probably this weekend for South Florida, three-game series in Tampa. Uh, Memphis, they're 6-2. and two. Um, Last week they defeated Mississippi Valley State 19-10 and then won three out of four against Youngstown State. Um, Wichita State, they're 4-3, and three, and they took three out of four last weekend from Utah Tech on the road. Um, Dixie State. Yep. Uh, the former Dixie state, um, uh, that was who, um, uh, BYU of course played in football there not long after playing the pirates on uh, Cincinnati. They're two and four, but, uh, extremely challenging schedule uh, thus far. And, um, they, they were swept at Florida, 13 to six, 13 to three and 13 to seven. And, and this week, uh, the Bearcats are playing Miami of Ohio as well as a four game series against North Alabama. Uh, Houston, Cougs are two and five. Um, they lost to another future conference opponent of the Pirates, UTSA, 12 to two in the midweek. And then they fell, um, perhaps, and I'm not sure if this is in some type of classic, but they lost to, U- excuse me, actually beat Utah of the Pac 12, 14 to five. Before falling to Texas AM Corpus Christi 12 to 2 and in Incarnate Word 10 to 8. Uh, Tulane is 1 and 6. Um, they were, of course, on opening weekend swept out at UC Irvine. They lost 6 to 5 to a former East Carolina pitching coach and now head coach mm-hmm. at Fullerton. And the Titans defeated the Green Wave 6 to 5 in the midweek. And then they lost, excuse me, yeah, lost two out of three. St. John's. Uh, so Tulane started 0 and 6 and then finally got in the win column uh, with game three of that St. John series, a 9 to 3 victory over the Red Storm on Sunday.
2: Bubba, you looking back at the scores, obviously talking about UCF, but uh, Memphis is a huge surprise so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: Me- Memphis, uh, not the. Most challenging schedule, but, um, yeah, nonetheless. Off
1: um, to a good start.
4: Yeah, off to a good start under their first-year head coach, uh, six and two for the Tigers. As far as this this week's opponent for so the Pirates outside of Duke, uh, we talked about the Blue Devils. and Pirates have won 22 of the last 23, 42-13-1 um, all-time against Duke. And Duke um, with that big sweep of Baylor and Baylor. It's very much in rebuilding mode, as um, Chris Edwards mentioned a few minutes ago. But the Blue Devils were victorious, 20 to one, 22 to three, and 10 to three over the Baylor Bears uh, this weekend. The Pirates will be taking on; uh, they'll be taking on Indiana, Long Beach State, and Georgetown. Long Beach State's three and two, and they took two out of three from conference opponent Wichita State. Um, and then they've also they lost to Loyola Marymount, and then they were actually playing. I don't know if this was because of weather kind of an odd. They played a game against Seattle yesterday, and then they're playing a doubleheader against Seattle today, uh, where the LBSU Dirtbags and uh, Indiana, Indiana's three and four, and talk about a challenging early season schedule. They dropped two out of three at Auburn losing eight to four and six to one, winning eleven to two, and then had a midweek win over Miami of Ohio and then they went to Texas. and they, they dropped two out of three to the Longhorns, three competitive ball games, losing four to two, five to two before winning game three, four to two. So Indiana don't let their record fool you at three and four. They've played Auburn and Texas, uh, three game series on the first two weekends and managed to win a game in each of those, and the majority of those games that they lost were competitive. So a quality opponent there with the Hoosiers. And then Georgetown, um, Georgetown 6-2, and they took two out of three from Presbyterian. And then last weekend uh, they won three out of four games down at, I believe it's a tournament at UNC Wilmington. They took two from Iona and then split with the Seahawks and they actually beat UNC Wilmington 11 to nothing. So that tells you a little something about Georgetown and the, the potential they have if they beat UNC Wilmington 11 to nothing down at Brooksville.
1: No doubt about it. And uh, <clears throat> just like you said, a lot of these uh, Big Ten schools, Matt loves big, the Big Ten, um, They have, weather-wise they have to come down. And uh, so Indiana, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about them. And I think anytime when you have Coach Godwin, they know how special uh, this weekend is and uh, they're not going to get just like cupcakes where they can easily win um, the Keith Leclerc classic. So I think all three opponents uh, will be great.
2: I have confirmed yeah. there will however be cupcakes in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> well
4: will come up there, man. Okay. And, and some of the big results um, from last weekend, as far as top 25 matchups, um, Number 10, Vandy, took two out of three from 17th-ranked UCLA. And, of course, um, B-Dub, um, Bryant Ward, still there in Westwood. Then you had number four, Ole Miss, last year's national champion. They took two out of three from Rob Vaughn and the Maryland Terrapins, um, 13th-ranked Maryland Terrapins. And uh, then you had – Southern Miss, and ranked 18th. They dropped two out of three to Illinois, which surprised me a little bit. And then you had – this was the one that really caught my eye, Link Jarrett there at his alma mater, leaving Notre Dame for Florida State. The Seminoles went to TCU. The Horned Frogs are ranked eighth. The Seminoles won two out of three. So um, turning some heads, and the Seminoles are off to, I think, a 6-1 start.
2: Yes, uh, good for him. Uh, once a pirate, always a pirate. But um, something you had said, Bubba, that I was going to mention. Oh, uh, I know what it was. It wasn't directly something you had said. I know we move up to number nine and die, but it was D1 Baseball or the coaches poll. Did Baseball America move us up from 24 to 23 this week or what?
4: I actually um, curious a little. I have, I have
2: not even bothered to
4: look at that poll. because I, poll? I, I, I just saw Baseball America.
1: Oh no, I haven't seen and, that. And week. last
4: week, that was <laughs> that was um, misleading because there was a typo there. We had not dropped seven spots or whatever it was because we were no. ranked We were ranked twenty fourth in Baseball America and we held serve at twenty four. Uh, there was there was that typo in the the previous ranking column, but uh, yeah, always interesting with that publication. To see the discrepancy there, uh, it would be interesting to see. Surely after uh, a pair of wins over number 12, North Carolina, uh, we we moved up to uh, somewhere between 15 and 20.
2: Maybe we can have one of somebody on from Baseball America and we can ask them about
1: yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I'd like to. Uh before. D Baseball, the first
2: is far superior publication. <laughs>
1: Um, by the way the the great carolina fans that just can't get over themselves that east carolina has a great ba- baseball program and uh it just amazes me the message boards how they can't
2: oh they're just ignorant
1: yeah they they can't understand how and uh one fan even called us ectc like that's a derogatory term uh that's on twitter today I, I saw that. I, so
2: i don't so, i don't let targo fans bother me
1: because when you know I
2: always picture it in my head like this forget now we ain't talking about the the wall Hills you know you go to Walmart and buy a baseball hat and a t-shirt during uh during basketball season and say they're Tar heels ain't talking <laughs> about those I ain't some about those guys Those those' are a big bunch of rednecks and street trash but uh what I'm talking about um is the real Carolina fans the ones that you know um like the white and cheese if you is I always picture a group of them taking on a group of pirates in a fight and what would happen.
1: Oh, man. I mean, that's why we have the best nickname in all of America, Pirates. It says it best for Eastern North Carolina. It says it best for our history. If you know anything about geography, it says it best for being the underdog. Everything about it is perfect. Uh, Thanks to JR, Johnny Robertson, EC was number 20. In Baseball America, so all right, up four spots. Twenty, yeah. man, moving up four. North <laughs> Carolina right. They go right above us. I'm sure you. Hey, hey, Cal, you sound like you sound like Casey Kasem. Moving up four spots this week. It's East Carolina with painted purple. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually, Dave. <clears throat> yeah, Bubba, I was waiting for you. I thought you were going to say something.
4: No, um, just appreciate everyone tuning in and to promote some of our upcoming content. Like Dave said on Wednesday, we'll have, have a look back at uh, some of the highlights over the last five years and uh, highlights, lowlights, and moments to moments to laugh at. Our useless content. Now that it's so far into the, into the past um, the the debacle against North Carolina A&T, where we got uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had our podcast linked to the North Carolina T uh, equivalent of voice to colors and <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> show me the money one of our most
2: podcast one of our most listened to audio only podcasts of all time and it was mostly A;T fans listening to us either getting mad or laughing or both
1: yeah. Uh, by the way, Jr. says that Carolina is number twenty-two in Baseball America's poll. So there you go, Kyle. There
2: twenty-two. I thought we were twenty.
1: No, we're twenty, and Carolina's twenty-two.
2: Oh, Carolina's twenty-two. Okay, well, good. And at least, at least they're fair. Yep. And then also, um,
4: as far as promoting some of the upcoming content or things we already have on our YouTube channel, um, we've mentioned time and again on. Um, just uh, access the Sports Objective YouTube channel by simply searching the Sports Objective. And then once you're there, you can look at our playlist. We have everything grouped together by show. Uh, You have the Absolute Empowerment Archives um, with Coach Jeff Connors. You have excellent interviews with Jeff Carr, Vontae Leach, uh, Junior Smith, Emmanuel McDaniel, and a host of other former Pirate players, um, Hall of Famers or guys who will be Hall of Famers in the future. Oh, yeah. Um, Guys like Leonard Henry. Um, So, yeah, some tremendous content there. Uh, Coach Connors' most recent show um, tonight was uh, Dr. Rick Perea. He's a former NFL player, sports psychologist, author, motivational speaker. Um, They discussed a variety of topics, so definitely go to our YouTube channel and check that out, Um, Coach Connors. Is doing a tremendous job
1: and we appreciate all he does. Uh, no doubt. In fact, uh, what about uh, Coach Connors being in the EC Hall of Fame for all the wins? He had uh, 50, I think it's around 50 Power Five wins, guys, during his time as a pirate, being the strength and conditioning coach. So something around that nature. He and I talked about that one day. So um, I would, uh, he's one that I would vote in. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Why isn't Skip? Holt's in the Hall of Fame, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame for sure. And I think eventually is T
2: Mike- H in T H in is he?
1: No, Terry Hollands not in. Oh, well, he needs to be in this Charles year. Along not with not Charles,
2: they both need to be in this year.
1: Yep. And how about uh, and eventually our good buddy, uh, part of our show, Terry Gallagher? Love to have him in there too.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, a lot of deserving pirates for the uh, for the Hall of Fame. I want to say this real fast, guys. You know, I'll shut up. We can wrap it up. Uh, I met a guy today, um won't say where, but well, we were we were sitting there for a while talking and uh noticed his East Carolina apparel until we started talking and uh I was in Greenville, so I shouldn't have been shot somebody's somebody was having East Carolina apparel. But struck up a conversation. The big pirate turned out he lived right down the road from me. Literally lives right down the road from me. And his step or yeah, stepdaughter is my next door neighbor. I had no idea. So it's funny how you can meet people. Uh, just out in public and, and it turns out they, you know <laughs> stepdaughters a neighbor, so uh, it's just small world
1: no doubt i mean but it just goes to show you how many pirate fans uh there are and uh, we appreciate one final thing guys i want to say a big shout out we i've had a lot of people in the last few weeks i've been telling you between basketball and baseball games they're coming up to me saying they listen or watch uh the show thank you so much it means a lot and we appreciate your support of the program speaking of the support of the program gotta give a shout out to next level next level training center presents this show with extra innings and you can go to next level tc.com give them a call 252-756 next and uh Bubba, i know that uh, a lot of other great sponsors too how about lnk custom homes want to give them a shout out with um kevin kk walker one of our good friends he's been with us for a long time and uh, lnk custom homes three three six six eight eight eighty four sixty one i wonder if he'd build a. Uh, the house in the virgin islands for kyle um but I, I think that's his next big project but i
2: i'm actually not allowed in the virgin islands because i would ruin their reputation
1: okay <laughs> and uh also pgxgloves.com uh, moving right along kyle they've got a lot of great stuff there at pgxgloves.com yeah
2: always uh this time of year you need uh you need bat gloves for your boys and girls for softball and baseball maybe you uh, Getting geared up for warm weather and the golf season coming up. Get yourself some golf gloves. Now is the time for, for purchasing sporting gloves, no doubt. Uh, promo code ECU at checkout. Save yourself
1: 25%. No doubt. I've got to get my – I keep saying that. I'll do that this week, and maybe I can do it right after the show. Uh, the promo code ECU for Alex is playing baseball again. Mackenzie's playing softball. The kids really love their gloves. They really pop, as they say. And, again, go to pgxgloves.com. Mark Minakazi, appreciate your support of the program. Guys, do you have anything before we go? Uh, I had something and it slipped my mind
2: probably at this point. It's
1: good because it's time to wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. I've got something, but I'll save it as well. All right. Thank you, Bubba, very much for your support of the program. Appreciate uh, of course, play-by-play voice of the East Carolina baseball pirates, Scott Rogers, the play-by-play voice of the East, uh, I should say the Duke Blue Devils baseball <laughs> team, and that's Chris Edwards. And, uh, feel, on Dave's part. yeah. And uh, how about Matt Simmons? Appreciate him very much. Kyle. Thank you, Bubba until next time you've been watching and listening to extra innings brought to you by our good friends at next level trading center in Greenville. And uh, until next time, we'll hey, wait, your- wait,
2: wait, 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 I did remember what I was going to say, and this is important. Now. I wouldn't interrupt your, your, your closing. Uh, but I, I want to give a biggest shout out to Charlie Choo Choo justice. He shared something with me today and, uh, it, it uh, always nice when somebody shares something with you and particularly when it uh it fires you up and inspires you so i uh, want to thank
1: uh he's Ludge legend charlie chuchu justice for that he's awesome and i appreciate him very much all right we'll get out of here and as always thanks for listening and watching good night everybody and go pirates
2: hey pirate nation this is former east carolina pitcher
0: davy penny of the keith Leclerc era, class of 2003 Keep it tuned to the Sports
1: Objective as you follow our Diamond Bucks on the road to Omaha because y'all know we're going.
0: That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!